yourself saying, what's the point? Or why bother? Yeah, you're human. And when you're growing a business, it's going to happen quite often. But wouldn't it be great if you could actually deliberately ask why bother and get some positive momentum from it when you're in one of those slumps? Well, listen on. I'm Trisha Lewis, host of Make It Real podcast, and making it real with me today is my guest Jennifer Loudon, best-selling author, personal growth expert. Her latest book is actually called Why Bother? And she's a realist. You're not going to get any self-talk, self-help cliche stuff going on. Okay, we're going to look at six stages of bothering. Mm, What are they? A guide back to yourself. We're going to remember you've got a life outside work. We're going to tap into your deepest desires. Stick with me. Right, yet again, I'm going to struggle to be disciplined in this conversation because I have a guest who I could, I think, talk for hours with, but but, let's keep it tight. So all the way from the United States of America, fabulous to have you, Jennifer Loudon, or Jen, as I know I'm allowed to call you. You are. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a very cold day here in Colorado. It's one degree outside. We have had frigid weather this winter, which is really unlike our where we're in Colorado. It's not usually that cold. So I send everybody uh, a little bit of Arctic cold while you're listening. <laughs> yeah, we, we've had our fair share, actually, but nothing like nothing that whenever it's cold here, and I'm in the south of England as well. I mean, but, you know, I think, okay, I'm complaining it's cold, you try going to some of those places you see <laughs> films about, you know, with the snow and proper hard stuff. So <laughs> so, okay, we're feeling that, um, but we're feeling the warmth of you as well. So let's, let's find out a bit more about you. For listeners that are not aware of the fact that you've got a ton of best-selling books out there, um, well, they, they need to just read some. But give us a potted little idea, because I know um, you say, you know, you yourself have been in business for <laughs> so 30 years. You- yeah, you don't look old enough. Yeah. Uh, thank yeah. you. But I am. <laughs> <laughs> so this is quite interesting because that that um, means that some of the stuff you talk about about re getting your mojo back and all the rest of it, obviously you've had to do over the years. So what I mean, did you? Is there a sort of career transition journey that looks like it has any shape to it, or like a lot of people's? Is all over the place. Where, where did you start it all? I started, uh, one, I always wanted to be a creative. I always made stuff as a kid, um, movies, you know, back in the Super 8 days, um, uh, plays, let's put on a show. And I went to film school. I went to USC film school. I thought at first I'd want to be a director. I pretty much quickly realized I didn't have the chops for that. I was also 19 (laughs) and um, I started writing more seriously. And so I I pursued a screenwriting career, not very successfully for a few years after school and then really went through a a quarter life crisis. And so sweet. My daughter is going through one right now. So I'm I'm walking alongside her. She's a little bit uh, older than I was, but 
And uh, and out of that crisis really came the title for what became my first best-selling book, which was a woman's comfort book. It was published in 1992, and it was the first book by f- quite a while to talk about self-care and self-nurturing and, and what has become, you know, a gigantic multi-billion-dollar industry. And that really launched my career. Uh, the book became a word of mouth bestseller. I think we sold 50 or 70,000 copies the first year it was in print. And I started getting speaking engagements. And I'm just like, okay, now this is who I am. I'm not a screenwriter anymore. I'm a, I'm a personal growth person. So I wrote a number of books after that. And that probably, you know, grew, grew that uh, message of self-care and uh, couples. I wrote a book for couples. I wrote a book about pregnancy, the woman's retreat book. I did that. I don't know. I'm so bad at timelines, but maybe 12, 15 years, a lot of speaking, a lot of work. Uh, brands would hire me to come in. Um, the book sold really well. Those were in the days when you could, ma- I made a really good living as a writer. Um, and eventually I got kind of burned out on it. I got kind of burned down at probably around 2000. And then we launched a giant uh, content website. It was called comfortqueen.com. It was in the uh, right before the first tech bubble burst. Damn. <laughs> but we still did well. We did a bunch of licensed products. We did another book. And that was the business for a while. And I liked it, but I still wasn't completely fulfilled. And so what happened actually was I uprooted my family, kind of freaked out. You can read about this a little bit in the Why Bother book, my last book. I freaked out and we moved from Santa Barbara to Bainbridge Island. We really downscaled our life. And I thought I was going to write fiction. And um, and that began a really circuitous last 15 years. I've started uh, I've written a lot of books that I didn't publish. I started coaching and working with writers and content creators a lot more. Um, I did write another couple self-help books that emerged out of that work as well. But I've been in a kind of an in-between place and and, and just ex- experimenting with what is satisfying. Uh, and sometimes it feels like it all makes sense. And sometimes I'm like, ah, what am I doing? <laughs> human in other words yeah very human and I, I think the thing one of the things I'm really interested in is when you've been in the public eye you know even in a marginal way and had to sell yourself and sell your ideas it's harder sometimes to keep growing and changing and it's one of the themes that I see in my own podcast when creators allow themselves to keep growing it feels so essential but it can feel so dark on scary and messy that's interesting. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Let me just question <laughs> that. So you said when, so when you're, so you, let's say you are a creator, you are running your own business and you, you need to grow um, in terms of, well, do you, I mean, you need to be able to make it work in terms of your income and mm-hmm. life work balance and all the rest of it. So there you go. And you've got to market yourself. You've got to go out there and be proactively selling yourself, as you say. So what you're saying is that 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 aspect of having to sell yourself makes it more difficult to grow. Did you just say that? Yeah. I think it. I think it actually can for a few reasons. One, people, at least the people that I have had in my business and in my writing life, they want me to keep doing the same thing to some degree. Uh, or maybe that's what I think. Um, but when I've changed course or when I, I have I have 
uh, had an early membership site years ago. And when I'm like, I've done this for a few years, I can't do it anymore. I'm going to end it. I, I had a lot of pissed off people. So I think changing and growing, you leave people behind and that's scary. And especially because I do have a sense of ministry in my work. I do have a sense that I, I don't owe people anything, but I do feel like I have a relationship with them through my work. So that's one thing. I think the other thing is, is that if you're changing all the time in what you're putting out there in the world, people can't track it, you know, and there are genuine, genuinely, there are people in the world who would tell you Jen's a women's empowerment expert. And there are people in the world who would tell you Jen's a writing coach and, and, and helps you create content and has books but she, they wouldn't know it. That, and there's, that's, that can be confusing for people if you keep showing up with different offers and changing because we know how long it takes people before they say yes to something. They have to see it for years. So those are two things that I encounter. But depending on your personality, you have to keep growing as a creator. I think most creators do because otherwise they get bored and we can't do it. I mean, I can't create if I'm not interested. It is such a liability. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I mean, my background is as an actor. You know, I, I, I'm an actor and I create all the time, you know. And, and when I, so when I've moved into setting up as a, a communication coach, I had to, I've, I am constantly playing with this stuff that you're talking about, you know, because my creative side really reacts quite badly to, to, to things like niching and all those sort of things that we get told to do in business. And yet I also understand that that clarity has to be there for people to be coming into you. And after all, like you said, I also feel, you know, it's a sort of mission thing. I want to help mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. If they don't know what I do, then I can't help them because they won't come to me. So there is a real little um, tension in in all of this. Yeah. So how so how do we how do we how do we get through it? (laughs) Well, I I think you know to go back to the last book I wrote a couple years ago. Why I'll be, be two years soon. Why bother? We have to ask ourselves what are the stakes first of all. So if we can't do the work that we're putting out in the world, if, if, if let's say you were still acting um, professionally to earn your living and you were like, I can't do it. I have completely fallen into why bother. We have no choice but to figure out what is our next desire. And, and we may have to suck it up in the meantime to pay the bills, right? Or we may have to find an alternative way of paying the bills. We have to be grownups. So I think the first thing is how acute is the feeling of yuck? I also, if it's not that question of I can't do it, then I think it's a question maybe of systems and operations if you're in business for yourself. Can you create systems that take off some of that repetitive work, repetitive showing up, repetitive launching? Again, easier said than done so that you're not having to show up for the stuff that as much that totally drains you. I will say as someone who has been in business for 30 years that you're going to have to still show up for a lot more than you want to because you just, I have never seen anybody be able to hand over their business to someone else without, without, um, 
repercussions that if you're not in there, keeping a close eye on things. Uh, so, and I've never been able to see anybody hand over their marketing unless they have a really mature business with a really clear message. You're in there having to infuse your voice and your message. So some luck with that I've had. Um, and then I think another thing that's helped me in, in these moments is being able to have something that I can repeat, like a program that I teach that has a fair amount or a retreat that has a fair amount of uh, repeatable content that I don't have to keep you know, making, but it has moments or calls or time in the room with people where I can really shine in my best. And my best is to take a question and, and respond and so giving myself moments of things that really light me up woven into course design or presentation design is really important. And then I think finally, making sure you're doing stuff outside of your business for your creative health and self. Like I make collages and paintings and things. They're not very good. I rarely show them to anybody, but that, uh, that's great. <laughs> you know, I go in the basement and I, I mess around. I've become a pretty serious runner in my 50s. Um, you know, that's something that's just for me. I am in my fifties. I'm not going to be winning any races. There is no elite running happening here, but it's, you know, I get to push myself and it's just for me. So, uh, I think having things like that are really important. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally with you. And, um, I, it's very funny because I still have this little link to the acting, an element of the acting stuff I did. And part of me and also the messaging that came at me um, was, you're not doing a proper business if you're still doing that stuff, Trisha. It's like you're just doing this as a hobby or something because you need to just ditch all that previous stuff. You know, no, don't go off and do a show here or this here or that. Because, you know, people, I actually had a message given to me right at the beginning of setting up this business that said, nobody cares when I told them about my previous you know experience which was as an actor and all the rest that went with it that in my opinion was completely relevant to what I was setting myself up to do to help people with but it was almost like no just shovel that to one side now you're a serious business person so this is what I don't know what is going on there it's not good well you know I'm always very skeptical of anyone who says this is the way you have to do something um, I am living proof that that's just not true. I mean, I am, I have some pretty strong learning. Uh, we call them differences. Now I am probably one of the least unlikely persons to become a writer. I, and, and I, yeah, I mean, there's so many things about my past that would have made me think I would have never ended up with a successful career. And yeah, so I am always really curious when someone says, you got to do this. It's like, whoa, wait, why? Right. You don't know me. And, and we, if the internet is any example, people can make a successful business out of anything. <laughs> Doing it any which way. So yeah. I don't know what that's yeah. about either. Well, you're true. And you're right. And of course we are getting bombarded with, because of the internet with all the imaging of, of success and in inverted commas stuff um, that makes us lose ourselves and the, one of the um, reviews of your why bother book which I'm loving I'm in the middle of reading it now is 
And by the way, well, no, let, before I say anything else, you need to explain that phrase. Why oh, bother? Sure. People will be thinking, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit, you know, oh, why bother? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so the idea of the why bother discover the desire for what's next book is that we all fall into why bother. It's normal. It's human. You might have it for an afternoon at work. You may have it for years. You may have it about a relationship, about your job, about your creativity, about your business. Or you can have it about your whole life. You have a deep sense of why bother to keep going. And I wanted to normalize that. And I wanted to say, there's nothing wrong with asking, why bother? Who cares? I mean, creators ask it all the time. Business people ask it all the time. Who's going to care about this blog post I wrote? Who's going to care about this podcast episode we're doing? So we need to flip it around and we need to first ask, why do I still bother? Why do I care? Where's my desire in this? Because we can easily just go through the motions of our lives and stay way too long doing something that no longer has desire behind it, no longer has energy behind it. And we need to dig into why are we doing what we're doing? And is there something that's going to bring us alive more? But if we judge ourselves for having those why bother moments and thoughts, then we're stuck. Or if we think that the, we know the answer, absolutely, I should bother. I've been with this person for 25 years. That's a no-brainer. It's like you're not doing a disservice to your relationship to ask that question and dive in and, and fall in love again or find meaning or find shared purpose. Well, I know why I'm in this job because I have to have health insurance for my kid. Okay, great. But you need to know that and touch it and then know that you're not going to get everything you need from that job and you're going to have to find it someplace else. One of the stories in the book is, um, it's a great story. It's actually a friend of mine who lives in the neighborhood and she would, she drove everybody in her life crazy. She worked at a big uh, blue chip company and she had been unhappy for years and she's a brilliant um, tech person. And she would she would regularly tap into everybody's network and, and, and be like, I'm serious. I'm going to leave this big company and I'm going to go do something else. And then she, it would peter out and she wouldn't follow through it. Everybody was sick of it. They were sick of, I mean, we all love her, but it was like, you're never going to leave. And then she got laid off with almost no severance. And uh, her wife has RA and they were like thinking, this is it. We're going to have to sell the house. We're going to have to seriously downsize. She got hired by this incredibly cool, hot public tech company. She vested a few months ago and they paid off their house. Whoa. I know. And these are dear friends of mine. And, um, and, and now her wife also has cancer. So anyway, it's just been such a great thing. But it was so interesting to watch her. Why bother wasn't enough until she was forced. She was forced to it. And then she was, oh my God, she was so devastated and so depressed. We were all so worried about her, but she rallied. She found what she wanted to bother about. And now she's so happy in this job. It's the hardest thing she's ever done. And she's, you know, 61, I think. She's not young, but she's in it. So I don't know. There's no neat story there. Like, don't, I, I'm not trying to tell you, don't wait till you get forced, but she could have just given up, right? She could have given up and she didn't. And now they're financially much more comfortable and she's full of life again and purpose because she's so brilliant and she hadn't gotten to really use that brilliance for years. It's like we, we get bogged down in a sort of um, pre-done uh, 
jigsaw that's all made up. We've, we've lived here. We were this age. We were that age. We put those pieces in, right? Okay, there are pieces in. Here I am in my 60s. All right, here. And we forget that we've got every ability to just chuck the jigsaw up in the air or tape bits out and rearrange them or have a different jigsaw with a different picture on it. It's like that seems like a quite a weird thing to do. It's, but it's not. It's a normal thing to do because really we're only living minute but I know it sounds a bit cliche but we are only living minute by minute you know we are here it's not cliche it's a fact I mean this is everything else doesn't exist but this minute I think though we have to realize that our our neurobiology doesn't care about satisfaction it doesn't care about meaning it doesn't care about anything but allostasius you know just wants to stay alive and so we have to keep, it, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of support and shows like this and coaches like you, and, you know, it takes a lot of help. And I think a lot of times we just don't want to bother <laughs> to get the help and the resources we need. But once we get into action, it does get easier. Action changes our brain. And the other thing is, is just to, I think, again, what I wrote the book is to say that so often what's missing in those why bother moments is we try to go from one thing to the, to the next thing. We try to go from one thing that we're doing and we're like, okay, this isn't working. So now I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to go to this thing. And often what I think we need in between is the time of really refilling and refining what we desire and what desire is as an experience and an energy, especially for people who identify as women, because we're often so consumed with, with caretaking um, of others and putting our own desires last. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Okay, I've got three kids and I'm on my third marriage. So I am a very good case study uh, <laughs> in, terms, yeah. in terms of, uh, you know, and that's not because I'm flippity jibbity and, you know, couldn't be bothered, couldn't be bothered. It's mm-hmm. because I always got, you know, I was put into either a forced state of I have to get out of this or a state of really questioning, I could carry on, but this isn't right. Something's not right. Something's mm-hmm. not working. What am I going to do? Just give up and, and sort of um, be stamped down somehow into this for the rest of my life or or, or, or bother, basically. Yeah, yeah, or, or bother. And, and to bother is a dynamic state. Hmm. It is a dynamic state of change. It's not that you go, okay, I don't bother about this marriage and, I, and I'm going to leave and then I'm going to find the next marriage and then I'm done. It's like, no, you, you're, you're going to be in this state of rediscovery. That's what it means to be alive. And we don't like that. We like to know. <laughs> we like to have answers and certainty. And, and so what I'm inviting people to do in the book is really say, there's, there's things you can do. They're not a big deal. But you need to be able to engage with the question, why do you bother and what do you want to bother about? And how can you find the desire that will give you the energy? Because that's a question I get a lot about the book and about why bother is, you know, I'm just, I have no energy to bother. And I desire will give you the energy if you don't insist that you know how everything's going to need to work out. Absolutely. Yeah. The energizing forces, because yes, because it is a, a vicious cycle otherwise isn't it it, it just <laughs> literally I don't I've no, nothing feels quite right I'm just jittering around from here and there I don't something's not 
oh, I don't know, why bother? And then, you know, now I feel depressed and low and no <laughs> energy. And so I'm not even going out for a walk on the block and I'm not doing this and I'm not having fun and I'm not laughing and I'm not... <laughs> yes. <laughs> well said. It just keeps going down. Yes. Absolutely. So, you see, I actually did a gig the other night um, and, and uh, certain business coaches would have said, oh, why are you doing that? That's your old life. Don't do that. And um, But I thought about it I thought I thought why why am I I don't have to say yes to doing this I thought I'll tell you why because it absolutely energizes me there's something about this particular kind of performance in its live theater and it energizes the heck out of me and it also reminds me that I haven't had to give this up you know this is part of who I am I can pick it up whenever I feel like it um, it doesn't have to have a niche or a funnel attached to it or any of the other wretched things. Sorry, yes. just thought I said yeah. it. Just is what it is, and and I and I'm smiling, and I don't have to overanalyze it. It just is what it is. So I think I have a temperament. I don't know whether you've come across this with different types of oh, I don't know different types of people. You know what I mean, though. I mean we're just humans but we've got different experiences and histories and dna and all the rest of it but there is seems to be something in me which has what i i sometimes call a bit of a survival instinct um hence not staying in the abusive first marriage hence moving on from what was actually a very nice second marriage and i'm still good friends with this person but blah blah you know hence not i'm 65 this year hence not saying to myself Oh, well, it's fine. I'll get my pension next year. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Whatever. This doesn't really have to work. Or you know, and starting little new ventures, but trying, keep coming back to trying to make them work for me. And and to me, that's some sort of weird survival thing because whenever I feel myself going down, I know I have to bother basically to survive. Um, it is. I don't think it's a weird survival thing. I think it's a the will to live. You know, the will to live and the will to ultimately, the phrase that I use a lot in my own life is, is be here for it all. Hmm. You know, I fail at that many times a day. I want to go away from whatever is happening or I want whatever is happening to be different. But really what I hope the Why Bother book will do for people is help them to be here for it all and to be more alive and not give up on life. And not give up on having the experience of life that they want to have. Well, I mean, honestly, as I said, I've only started reading it. And it's already, it's that thing, you know, that I was, somebody said, you know, though it's not full of self-help cliches. And it, it absolutely, from the word go, you know, it's not going to be. And it's that sense of, you know, being realistic, everything you've said in this conversation has that realism attached to it. You're not saying, oh, we do this and this will happen and everything. You Like you say, I think one of the things you said to me was there are no secrets or silver bullets. You know, we're, we're being realistic here. So the point is not beating yourself up when you have the crappy days, when you feel Bleh, no point, you know, give up. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I've I, I start to I, I've started to say to the writers that I work with in the different writing programs I have is uh, there is no such thing as stuck. 
There is no such thing as stuck. It's just, we, we make these big stories up about everything that happens that we don't like, but what if they, you know, especially when I, in terms of writing that there's always a move that you can make in that moment. There's always a move that you can make it. It's interesting. One of my students right now in one of my programs, I'm a big believer. I teach people to use self-calming to open their creativity just from a neurobiological level. So important, so easy to overlook. And she was having a really bad writing day. And then after she quit for the day, she was like, oh, right. I forgot to do my self-starting self-calming ritual that I taught them. And she went and the next day she did it. And then she was like, oh, wow, everything looks different. And I think we can apply that to so many moments in our lives. And, and I'm speaking to myself right now, right? I mean, I do the same thing. I get all wrapped around the axle because something doesn't go the way I want. Um, and that sense of stepping back and settling down and connecting with your goodness and, and calming the body and noticing what's, what's something I could try that's different right here right now. Absolutely. I mean, I'm really lucky because I live near the sea, Jen. Mm. <sighs> I miss the sea so much. I have never lived in a landlocked place before, uh, but I've been here for six and a half years now. And I, oh, sometimes I miss the water so much. It's, yeah. it's just got a magic to it. And so I can walk, you know, so, and it is funny because it's usually at the times when we most need it that we 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 don't do it um so again that's kind of you do actually have to be pretty strict with yourself on those occasions um mm. days where you think nah i'm not going out i'm just yeah, I'll, I'll just get myself through this i've got a to-do list I'll just, <laughs> like a totally glum sort of feeling and yet that's exactly the moment that you have to say, i am going for that walk around the block because like you say it's miraculous that moment of that would be if you like my self-calming ritual so mm-hmm. absolutely and that's where the creative ideas come and you know you you look at something just every day like a leaf falling from a tree I don't care how poetic that sounds and it it just takes your perspectives back into a sensible place um and you know just meeting someone in the street and having that little chat just makes you feel more human and present and um and sometimes also I have to say to myself what else would you be doing you know seriously uh, you know seriously you think this is tough well you what you're going to go back and work in an office somewhere uh, doing some nine to five doing stuff that you don't want to do um not being able to voice any opinions because it will get you thrown out um all the other things that might happen i'm not a brilliant employee haven't been for decades so clearly that's not going to happen so i say to myself you know and, and and what if you did have one of those jobs you know you're very lucky you've got this situation that you've got some choice and if that's what's making you get all gloomy the choice then get real here that's yeah. that's a bit ridiculous so yeah it's those little self-lectures we have to give ourselves um we were all made really to be plowing the fields and you know um picking berries to survive jen so you know all of this is sort of icing on the cake isn't it 
Yeah. I have the same conversations with myself when I'm like, I don't want to do the blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, shut up. And I mean, I'm trying to be nicer to myself than that, but yeah, it's good. <laughs> well, I'll just be nice to you. I, I just love this interview. I love, I really, I haven't looked at your other books, but I would be inspired to do so. And I will put all the links to all your stuff um, with this podcast episode. Um and, and people should bother uh, to uh, to check them out because, uh, you know, I, I'm i not giving that just as being nice to my guest listeners. This is my real reaction to reading this book. So, um, so Jen, is there anything else that I haven't given you an opportunity to share that you'd like to? Hmm. I... I think the most important, important thing that I try to remember in my own creative business life is balancing my own desire to express myself. Like we were talking about the beginning of the interview and my own many ideas for projects and the love of discovery and creating, try to balance that with serving my people and serving the people who have trusted me. And I think there's a, to go back to that push pull, there's a real push pull there sometimes. Um, So yeah, that's just something I'm reflecting a lot. How do you hold both? And sometimes it's easier for me to hold my own desire. And sometimes I lose that entirely. So I think kind of checking in with that when we're in why bother periods about our work, like what's in this for me? Let me remember what's it. Why am I doing this? What am I getting out of this? So I think sometimes we can think that that's selfish, but it's essential, but it's also essential that we're like, there's somebody out there that wants this <laughs> and I'm meeting a need. And this is not just all about me because that never works. So really trying to find that sweet spot between those two is what I've been reflecting on. Yeah. Oh, and you, yeah, you inspire me to carry on reflecting on that too, because I, I completely associate with that thought process. Absolutely. Brilliant. I love it. Okay, Jen, so people can communicate with you best how? Through LinkedIn or websites or? Yes, you can go to jenniferloudon.com. That's always a great place to find. Uh, we have a podcast. We have, I, I write a newsletter every week. So you can sign up for those or find those. Uh, the podcast is Create Out Loud, wherever podcasts you listen. It's like you're listening to this one. And um, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. So you can find me all those places. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, this um, is a topic that we could just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into, but within the confines of a disciplined sort of half hour-ish podcast episode, I will wrap it up there. And you never know, you might be kind enough to come back sometime. because We can talk some more. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And your challenge based on this episode is to write this quote down and maybe stick it on your pin board. I will put it in the show notes over at trishalewis.com. But it's this, it's from Jen's book. Taking action is about opening yourself to caring and learning rather than rushing to certainty, success or pleasing others. Just think on. So if you want to know when the next episode is out and get a fortnightly challenge, sign up to my The Unsquashed Entrepreneur email and the link is in the show notes. Also, please subscribe to this podcast on your favourite platform and leave me a review. 
And don't forget to follow me on LinkedIn at Trisha Lewis Talk. Thanks for listening.